Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Shareholder Q&A, our production Gorcom, in which investors are able to post their questions online to the CEOs who then answer them via video. With us today, Bernard Tourignon, HPQ Silicon. I normally do an intro on most of our interviews, but not doing it today because it's a shareholder Q&A. So if you're part of this, it means you already know what the company's doing and you're here to, for more detail. Bernard, thanks for joining us today. You got a bit of a sore throat and yet you're going through with it. So we thank you for that. Well, maybe by the end, by, by the end of the Q and A's, I'll have no voice left, but that's okay. Well, that would be a blessing to your wife and to me. So you know, we can only hope. All right, hey, let's hop straight into the questions because there are a bunch of them, mm -hmm. uh, and we've tried to organize them a little bit by topic where possible. But there's such a just such a strong concentration where what the questions are about. Uh, so we're just going to go through them here. The first set of questions comes from Flyby who wants to talk about the timeline for commercial QR plant to be built and production ready. Uh, what year is expected for commercial plant to be built and operational? Hasn't changed from what we said, you know, 2000, I think it's 2025. We said 2024, 2025. Um, but what people have to realize is the market has evolved uh, so much in the last year because of world events that um i'm playing around with ways of speeding up there's there there is structural demand for what we're about to do um one of the things i've discovered is that our qrr technology is at the heart of um everything has to do with silicon si silicon metal all right and um it's really going to, it really allows us to position ourselves in a lot of discussion. I just came back from Europe and there is a, a clear intention to uh, what's called reshore production. Same thing in the US, same thing in Canada. I mean, we're actually in Canada, they're talking about French shoring, which means you want to build the industrial production in areas which are uh, friendly nations. Um, and that, that, in the in the case of silicon, that leaves you with a very interesting conundrum. You know, the leaders and the biggest producer of silicon in the world are China, because we offshore that basically um, very polluting or negative for the environment process. And if we want to reshore, we can't reshore with the old technologies. So we'll need a new technology coming in. And lo and behold, the QRR is coming along. Um, much more flexible and much more presented. So, how do you speed uh, up that process? Can you start off the the answer by saying you might? Uh, speed up how do you how do you speed up the process? Those are big industrial process. The beauty of what I'm saying, okay, is that a lot of my clients. Let's, let's say let's just talk about the clients of the battery sa safety. Even if they want to speed it up, they're not they're not going to be at capacity or demand until 2025, 2026. Right. Um, if I look at Scylla technology, uh, Scylla nanotechnologies, they're using saline gas through their material. They're plugging themselves next to the the the, the plant that, that does that in the U.S. Well, that's all good and nice. But once they reach maximum capacity of that plant, they got, you know, 15 years, tons of license to trade a lot to, to build a second plant for it. So the timing for us is very, very good. As fast as we can do it, basically it's the best expression. As fast as we can do it, 
efficiently we'll do it because there is a demand for what we're doing okay i guess the question the natural follow-up after that is maybe people think about home is then once you're at that point you can scale a lot faster than anybody well <clears throat> scaling up the biggest scaling up challenge okay is the one we're living right now okay from the qrr the 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 the, the, the Gen 2 QRR to the Gen 3, that's the biggest scale-up we will ever do, all right? After that, we have a, a very clear plan. We scale it up to the next logical size. We, we keep talking about 2,500 metric ton per year. And then after that, it's copy and paste. So, you know, the first 2,500 test is going to be, you know, semi a prototype. But once you get it down, just like in the aviation business, you know, you, you know the first five you build, you know, you learn a lot. But by the seven, then then you go full throttle. Um, yeah, I'm, it's not going to be seven for us. But I was just using aviation as a counterpart. So the key point for us is what we're going through right now is the biggest scale up challenge. So the next ones are going to be smaller. Okay. But they're normal in the R&D phase. But once you look at the industrial, and I think I've explained this in the past, for us to get the Quebec government money, we had to demonstrate that the next scaling up was an industrial scale scaling up and you know get that moving. So this is where we are. And we're, I got we're there. Again, I don't, I don't want my question to be part of this, but I'm sure people think at home because you said it a couple of times, how is this scale up process going right now between Gen 2 and Gen 3? Well, from what we've published, um, <clears throat> well, it wasn't that long ago I published uh, the 72-hour test, um, which was really a, a key determination, okay? Now, the test went well. I'm not issuing anything, you know, um, uh, how can I say, like, material but by saying this, because if the test didn't go well and there was damage to it, uh, that would be material I have to issue it, so... That's why I sort of also waited for being all, us almost at the end of the test before we issued the press release. It was it was mostly that concept. Um, you know, the information I got is everything looks great, but they did right. learn like totally expected. They learned a few things and they're going to do a few like a bit of process improvements. It's exactly as I said in the press release. And then we're and then the next stage is we're putting material into the machine. This is it. We're here. <laughs> We've been struggling for all these years and we're finally here. Okay, next question okay. Uh, from Flyby, because I want to make sure we don't get too off tack and it becomes a George Bernard show. Uh, what is the expected price that you're going to charge for pilot plant silicon? Uh, and what is the rate of silicon production per month from the pilot plant? Okay, that's an interesting question in the sense that it's a 50 ton per year plant. I don't know. It's not very complicated to, to make the math. All right. But in the phase that we're doing right now, okay, it's not designed to take it into production. It's actually it's an R&D machine that at the end, we're supposed to close it. Now, having made that parenthesis, price we're going to sell it is we're going we're gonna to send away those samples. You know, it's the beginning is, you know, you want to get people interested in what you're doing, you send away samples for people to, to test and look at the material. But <clears throat> we're already thinking about this. Uh, I was in discussion last week with a potential client. He really want he really wants our four end material. He's actually they're actually it's, it's a big company and they're waiting for our material. So it's like it's you imagine the frustration I'm having. Like I'm I'm waiting for material to go through and to to, to start this discussion. 
Um, but so, is that frustration because it's a problem or frustration that this is just no, a just, normal course of how it not, has to go? It's not a frustration because there's any issue, okay? That's, that's if there's one message, the frustration is there is no bug. It's just very hard to glue a timeline, right? And the closer we get to the end, the more difficult it is. And I keep getting questions about timeline. It doesn't work. Now, I'm going to close this parenthesis about the 50 tons. So we're going to do the, this work. And my original thought was, let's just go focus and go take a look at building the bigger machine and not worry too much about the 50 tons. But what I'm hearing from the industry, what I'm hearing from people is there might be a business case for us to say, okay, we finished this. Um, we finished the, the R&D. We got all the information we need to scale this up. Okay, maybe we could operate this machine to produce 50 ton of um, high purity silicone uh, over a year period. <laughs> Sorry about that. Because one of the end client, you know, might be looking at that material and that could be an interesting business to develop. Now, as for the price of what it is, it goes for. Um, regular silicone metal historically was going to 3,500 a ton. Uh, ours is going to go for a significant premium because we're pure. But what is it going to be? Uh, 8, 10,000, 15,000, depending, depending how we transfer it for specialized niche application where there is no competitors. And that's really what we're looking at. And where we have no competitor is in the fact that those N applications need 4N, which is feasible. But the problem is for the 4N that's presently available, it's batch driven from different production. That means there is no continuity of quality. You're not assured of all the quality. With the QRR, you will always be assured of quality because we're just one, you know, we're producing batch per batch. It's going to be similar. And I think that's what's starting to, to attract people. So... The key takeaway is the 50 ton, the project, the, the plan, the plan we had designed originally was we just do the R&D, we just get the machine, we produce enough material, we'll have, you know, you know, like 100 kilogram, 200, 500 kilograms, I don't know at the end what we're going to end up having, we'll have more than enough materials to start sending it and, and, and getting samples, but there might be a business case to make that says, oh, okay, we'll start operating the 50 as a business. It's probably not going to be a profitable business, but it's going to help us to develop an even bigger business down the line on a, uh, on a market niche that when we started this, we didn't know we had. had. Next set of questions comes from Dunice or Donis. Dunice. When the quartz feedstock starts being fed into the pile plant, in what form will the finished product silicon be in? Will it be poured into bars or smaller forms such as pellets or another form which makes it easier for the next stage when it is turned into the nanopowders? Oh, wow. A lot of questions into this. Okay. Well, one question and uh, like almost like a multiple choice. Bars, okay. pellets. Actually, it's going to be it's going to be poured into a crucible. Okay. And let cool down. Uh, at, at this stage, what we're going to do. Um, there is some discussion about the other phases, how we can do to maybe go, you know, with liquid version of the material to be fed into the next phase to reduce the energy cost, which are all very viable things that we're going to be looking at. But at this stage, my goal is just to get material in the crucible, then we have 4N, and then we'll move it on. When we're going to be looking at setting up commercial production systems, of course, we're going to be looking at those options. 
So people people have to realize it. The, the, the Gen 3 is a pilot plan. It's there for help us to reach a specific goal, which is to make some material. From then on, we will be able to implement a lot of other ideas. Next question. Could you please describe the process that the courts will go through as it is fed into the pilot plant to when it leaves the pilot plant as a finished product? Uh, I don't know if you could describe that process because you'd be giving away your secrets. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's time for me to give away a secret. It's um, we're not the the QRR process is very similar, okay, to the traditional process being used, but there are some specific improvements which we've talked about. It's an enclosed system, and we do it under vacuum. So it's the same process that happens in the traditional art furnace. Basically, the quartz, the, uh, the quartz and the carbon will be mixed together, heated to the extremely high temperature. During At that temperature, the natural reaction will, will come about and silicon will be produced and liquid silicon will be poured out of the reactor. That's, that's the plan. And I don't expect anything, you know, um, outside of that happening. I don't know. Does that answer the question? Yeah, as best you can. Yeah, but uh, you're 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 the A's, right? That's your title right there. So if that's that's your answer, that's your well. Answer. You know, the, it, the question. Maybe I missed something. Could you please describe the process that the quartz will go through as it is fed into the pile plant to when it leaves the pile plant as a finished product? Well, if people are curious to figure about this, if they do research on carbothermic process of making silicon metal, they'll get you know information from. Uh, from everybody else. It's the same process. It's just we've significantly improved and changes the way the thoughts are. As I said many times between us, it's the same, you know, if you look about it, the mainframe computer was just a big computer that, you know, zero and one added to, together and we went to, to desktop computers. That's about. Will HPQ be sending the silicon produced by the pilot plant for testing for purity? I know you kind of allude to that, but I just wanted to get- Why, well, of course. Nice question then. <laughs> Of course, but you know, there's going to be, there's different way of testing the purity. You can do laser count on it, but those are not very accurate, but you have to send it for full, um, you know, uh, dissolution and acid to figure out all the impurities that are left in there. If there's not that much, but it, there's nothing different to what we've done with the QRR Gen 2. And last question is for the 72 hour test that you've talked about in previous press release, we've talked about, how long does it take for the pilot plant to cool down? Actually, I have that information. Inspect the components after that 72-hour test. Actually, I have that information. It took three days to cool down. Well, see, timing was good of the Q&A. I, I learned that yesterday because, you know, the cool down's over. All right. And I guess everything went well? Components? Um, from everything I've been told, everything went very, very well. As I told you, if something didn't go well, the machine blew up or something like that, you know, I would have to issue a press release. Uh, next set of questions from uh, ASOR. Hello, Bernard. Thank you for taking our questions. Here are mine. Should something happen to QRR, are you prepared to quickly act to get it back up and running? Example, for example, do you have common spare parts in stock or your supplier is able to quickly supply you? Okay. It, it depends really to the extent to which we're talking about having an issue with the QRR. Okay. 
Um, I can tell you that I sweated bullets during some phases. Um, even before this one, there was another test and a specific material had to do with the lining that we had to install. And if there was an issue with the way it was installed and baked the first time, not this time, but the first time, uh, it was a six-month delay. So, uh, I, you know, there there's some th things we can get double and spare. Some things we can't really, because we don't anticipate. You know, they're supposed to be long-duration usage. Yeah. Uh, I'll give another example. We had a valve issue. Um, and that, I think I spoke about this, but that valve cost, you know, a lot of money and, and, and it was a six month delays, but you know, we, we, the guys at Pyro figured a way to fix the issue and it's not working very, very well. So, you know, this is something that pyrogenesis does very, very well. They're accustomed to this, you know, um, they don't see this as a problem. They said this is a solution to be found. This being said, you know, we're, we're, we're at this moment, I don't foresee any of those issues. Um, you know, is there a dedicated team at Pyro who always and exclusively works on HPQ's QRR and NSIR projects? And if not, why not? At this specific moment, yes, there is an exclusive team, and there's it, it's it's a very very big team uh, that's working exclusively on getting the machine operational, ready to start pouring and sampling. Remember, this is designed to be a commercial um system or have commercial applications so eventually uh, once the system operates well we're going to be down to two operators and that's it that's not what we're having right now we have more people on that so there you know there's a dedicated project manager uh, that's working on it the de dedicated team and then there's all the support team around pyrogenesis working on this and then there's there's support people around um but you know they do multitask between one project and another but at this moment they're not multitasking and also, you know, the second project they're working for is is also an HPQ project, which is the fume silica projects. But you know, they're they're they they can walk and chew gum and 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 talk about the two projects. I just specifically chose not to talk about other project as this was moving forward. Um, a because the QR is the most advanced one, is the one everybody's talking about, and I don't I didn't want to create an impression that I was switching subject because there was an issue to it, which is sometimes a tendency of of investors so you know i wanted us to reach a certain milestone which we're very close to being there and then after that i can start talking about a lot of other interesting things that we're doing are you in current discussions with large institutional investors who after successful completion of phase three would be more inclined to invest in hpq oh that's been ongoing for a long time that's been ongoing for a long time um <clears throat> good to know you know the the change, the change of nature of our business, all right, uh, wasn't done, you know, because I, you know, it looks fashionable, it looks good, and you know, I thought it'd be cool to do. Um, it was sort of we were sort of constrained. Um, when you're a mining company and you're trying to raise fund with large institution, you have to fit the the box, which is called mining financing. But we don't have a deposit. So if you don't have a 43-101 of deposit, you can't get mining financing. It's, just, it's as silly as that. And it was all those type of issues that we needed to resolve by not being anymore a mining company, by being a technology metal company. That's that's the definition they give us, but that's that's what we are. So we've done that process. We've changed. We, 
you know, we became a tier once, which we could, we're a technology company. Now we're, you know, we're finishing our fiscal year. We'll do an AIF and then we'll be in a position to, to get more structural financing. And, you know, before the market corrected, uh, I can tell you that there was a lot of interest from a lot of institutions about what we're doing. And I'm pretty sure as we come out next year, there's going to be even more interest in what we're doing because we check the boxes of so many things about what's going on that, you know, it, it, it's going to come to fruition. So I'm not, I'm not at this stage very worried about that. Uh, Silverbed 79, Silverbed 79. Do you have a rough idea as to how long the plant can continuously run all while feeding it with silicone stock? Okay. That's an interesting question because I think I've issued multiple press releases that says we're going to run the system 24-7. The, the key to the invention behind the PureVac, okay, is that we're able to do semi-continuous silicone manufacturing operations under vacuum, all right? That means that we will have phases where we produce silicone, we pour the silicone, we continue to start another phase, it, it continues. That is, that is the ultimate test. So the reason why we have four um, basically process improvement tests, the first test is we do silicone, we pour it, we get it. And then after that, we start moving into, okay, let's try to do two cycles, three cycles. And then when we, everybody feels comfortable, says, okay, we're going 24-7 for as long as it takes for us to go all the data well, it might be like a three weeks, a month of operation. So, of course, we're going to do multiple feeding, exiting. The system is designed to do this. We've demonstrated that this is feasible because we've done this with the Gen 2. Does QRR, and this almost along the same lines, does QRR have to be shut down to empty the product or can be done while still operating? There goes the answer. We do tapping. And we, we, we've actually have a small video of a tapping test that we've done. So, you know, this is a lot of the things that we advanced. I understand. So it, it took us time to get here. I get that. But we're here. And there's a lot of data point moving forward. So, uh, you know, there, there's an incredible silicone expertise that's been developed at Pyro. <laughs> uh, next question comes from, by the way, don't choke out while we're on air, eh? It would be bad for my ratings. Or my oh, no, it would be actually good for your ratings. You would be hot on YouTube. CEO <laughs> dies while doing an interview with George. Can't, he can't withstand the pressure of the questions given by George. <laughs> uh, next up is PTE Roy. You know the expression choking on an interview? That would really be it. And, uh, is PTE Roy. I'm not sure if that's private Roy, PTE Roy, but anyways, PTE Roy is what I'll, and if someone can correct me online. These Q&As, a little humor here. These Q&As are a nice way to ask some questions, get some feedback. It's not like that at home. I haven't spoken to my, my wife in 20 years. I didn't want to interrupt her. <laughs> um, your previous question, you previously mentioned the size and temperature requirements of the QRR. Uh, Forward-looking past the pilot plant and onto the commercial plant. How many commercial QRR systems can HPQ fit inside its current manufacturing space. So question one, how many commercial QRR systems can you fit inside okay. your current manufacturing space? And then question two, do you see space and temperature requirements as an issue moving forward uh, when you consider all of the other systems you're developing? Okay, um, let's make it clear. 
I think we, we've announced it and we've discussed it in, in press release, but I can understand it. You know, not everybody's going to read every press release when they're going to do due diligence. The fact is, we have a dedicated space within Pyrogenesis facility. It's a dedicated space. The system, we own the system, we insured it. It's costing us a fortune to insure it. Okay. So it's our system there. It's within their system of operation. Um, so that's question number one. Uh, is there enough place? No, there's not enough place there, but that's never been the goal. The goal is to validate the technology work. Now, this goes, let me make a sort of like a, a sidebar and go back to a previous answer. Originally, the business plan was we just get the information and then we go build the other one. This one is, okay, write it out to history and then we, we get the full tax credit for it. But from the discussion I'm having, we're, I'm starting to think that maybe we'll be looking at moving that to a more permanent facility somewhere else where we can operate it continuously that will have the room to, to, to expand it. That might be one of the options we're looking for. If, let's say that we end up signing a MOU with you know one of those specialty metal manufacturers that really want our material, and in their scaling up for them, their need, you know, we meet their need now. So, you know, that they want to build that. That's becoming part of the thinking process. It wasn't there before, but it has, it has become now. So that's one of the issues. Because that was question number one. And since I'm, you know, what's question two? Uh, do you see space and temperature requirements an issue moving forward when you consider all the other systems you're developing? I think kind of answer. Well, questions. if we try to put everything there, yes. But as I said, you know, it's always been our plan to when we're going to build a, a commercial size reactor, we would deal with those issues. Temperature isn't really that big of an issue. It's something understandable, controllable, um, manageable. Right? It's manageable. It's it's just you need bigger volume to be able to deal with it. But once we're talking about reactors left, right, and center. Uh, I don't. I don't foresee that as an issue. And and temperature is a normal process of a carbothermic uh, reaction that we're having. If a major automobile manufacturer were to buy the QR system, they might be able to control and dominate the electric vehicle space. For example, selling to their competitors at a higher price while keeping prices low in house. I'm not sure if that's exactly how it would work, but I want to present that hypothetical from BT Raw. When so the question is, when the QR pilot plan is successful, are you expecting major players in the space to approach you with buyout offers? Um, I don't know. I, there might be partnership. There might be discussion. I think the strategy of the car manufacturers, okay, is going to be more to try to partner up with with a company like uh, HPQ to develop it. The parenthesis I'd like to make is this. I think people are using what's going to come out. We make silicone. We make high-purity silicone. That high-purity silicone is therefore, then it has to be transformed into battery-grade materials, solar-grade feedstock material, other application, the silicon nitrate, all those end niche applications. All right? We have a situation right now where the bulk of the silicone material for batteries is made in China, which is a situation that nobody wants to be done. Um, and the work we've done so far and all the NDAs we've signed give us two different indications about what the market is looking for. 
but from the information you know we've we've been able to to ascertain there is a specific size of material that is being used right now and that one we could relatively do quickly with the material from the QR, which goes on to my discussion about, you know, maybe maybe it'd be worth my while to start having uh, the QRR operating more continuously once we finish all the R&D the R&D tests and we got all the data points done. So this is where I'm coming into. Yes, in theory and in practice, if somebody bought it, bought the QRR and, and implemented, yes, of course, they would get a, a massive cost advantage. Um, but I'm not sure the dynamic I, I, about other competitors. I'll give you an example. When Elon Musk officially took control of Twitter the other day, mm -hmm. General Motors announced that they won't be advertising on Twitter. Now they say it's because they're not sure about the moderation and all that. But if you think about it logically, we see this business all the time. General Motors has no interest in making Elon Musk and their and Twitter and therefore Tesla potentially more uh, uh, mm -hmm. more successful. So. I'm not sure if an auto manufacturer, if George Calm Auto Manufacturing could could buy the QR technology and then sell and then sell. No, it's it's I think everybody be, else it, say I'm going to look for another alternative. I'm not going to make my competitor stronger. So I'm not even no, sure. That if that alternative comes, okay, and it's and it, and it is it is a feasible reality to look at. When will that happen? I don't know, but it's a feasible reality to look at. If somebody did buy it, he's not going to buy it to sell it to other people. He's going to buy it to give himself a competitive advantage. What you have yeah. to understand is that um, silicone manufacturing of the, the quality that the battery guys need, okay, is not that easy to get to. There is a massive shortage of silicone coming, okay, and China is not going to meet the the demand coming coming along. So you're going to have a need to reshore, rebring into it. So. When the U.S. government announced, you know, that, uh, I don't know, it was the Inflation Act, but in reality it was just to make sure they, re they, they reintegrate in the U.S. chip manufacturing. Well, at the core of that the process, what the central part of that process is making the metallurgy grade or the 2N the, the, the purity silicone material, and then basically turning it down to the right size material for the, for, for the, the, the end process. So... We're literally at the center of them. And we're the only company that's coming around with a new process. Our process is smaller, scalable, so we can go more specifically to, to niches. Our competitors have to build 30,000, 40,000 metric ton system. That requires, you know, six tons of raw material, carbon environment. I was reading that there was an attempt by a group of people in, um, I think it's Washington State or in one of those areas to build a a massive silicone metal plant. And they were hitting environmental questions left, right, and center. It was what don't, too many people don't, don't realize, but you, you know, to make one gram of silicone, you generate four grams of CO2. So they were saying, well, you know, we're going to build a plant and we're going to generate 700,000 tons of CO2 per year. That ding, 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 that doesn't work. Done. So, this is so where we're we... getting out, Bernard, because you did allude to earlier in one of your first answers. You said last week I was speaking to a potential customer, and obviously we don't know who that is. Yeah, it's a potential, so you haven't press released anything. Um, well, I've, 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 I've press released out, an NDA though, with about them. HPQ Silicon. The fact that you're having those kind of conversations and the traditional guys are running into major roadblocks. Oh. 
what you have to remember is, and I've explained this many, many times, for a major guy, <clears throat> okay, let me backtrack a bit. If you look at the curve, the curve of price and demand for silicon, okay, demand has gone up, but the prices have always fluctuated like this. And the reason for that is that my competitors, okay, are stuck with having to put 30,000 metric ton on, 30,000 metric ton off, 30,000 metric ton off. It's very difficult to adjust. So their focus, you know, the biggest player is what? He does half a million ton per year of that material. His focus is how do I place the bulk of my materials? He doesn't have time to waste time with future great market. He doesn't really have time to that. We, on the other hand, are talking about 2,700-500 metric tons to start up with, to keep going up. So we can really go after this, and we won't have that, that thing. So we can, we can cherry-pick our market as we start, and that's really always been our strategy. Cherry-pick ourselves with, with the right material. And when I say to the guys, it, I've, I've divulged, I've signed an NDA with, with, with the company I, I was talking about. I've been, I've been amazed how patient they've been with me. I thought I was going to get yelled at last week. You I imagine guess how it is. You have I guess people, you have people asking you for material. And you say, well, we're almost there. Shareholders think they're pissed about me saying that. They think about the clients. But it was a completely opposite. They said, you know, we really want you to succeed and we really need your material. Was the message wow. I got. Wow. That's something. Yeah. Um, last question. What would the successful completion of the QRR pile plant mean to you? And what should it mean for investors? who think profitability is further down the road with the commercial plant? Well, one thing is for sure is the value of the QRR technology is going to go through the roof with that. Um, we stopped being a, um, we stopped being a uh, R &D. You know, PowerPoint type of company and we have something valuable because once we finish this, we will have all the data points. I, I think I've mentioned this many, many times, but there's going to be a different, a different notch above. We, we at HPQ have made on a continuous basis economic evaluation of what a base case, business case could be over a 25-year period, okay? And as I said before, when a market cap was through the roof, said it support that. So, you know, the, the QRR business supported the value the market was giving us at that time. And then that, and the fume silica also supported that. So, <clears throat> so what's going to happen is, There'll be much more engineering work done. There'll be big reports for, for the big institutional investors and, and the green funds are going to want to embark with us. So this is what's going to change. And what's going to change is the value of, of the technology is going to go up. And it's the value of the technology that, 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 that will demonstrate the potential, the, the value of the share. Matthew, hey, I, think was, I think there was other questions. No, 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 no. That was just... That was just the last question from that investor. Oh, okay, okay. I thought we were over already. Oh. I, thought, I thought I read more questions. No, this is great. Matthew Hiltz first said, just wanted to start by saying thank you for the opportunity to ask questions. And also says George is much more handsome than you are. Um, question number one, I added. Are that. you sure? I'm not that's sure a, that's there. That's a lot. That may be an editing uh, 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 error on our part. First I guess question somebody is, wants a pay raise at your company, and you've answered this, but I wanted, he says, do you believe the jump from Gen 3 to Gen 4 to be a harder challenge than compared to the jump 
from Gen 2 to Gen 3. And I think you said earlier today, earlier in this interview, that the big jump is right now. This is the big yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, We're talking about, I think it's a two, 127% scaling up, or no, more than that, 200,000, 200% scaling up size to, 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 to the other one. The other ones are going to be, I think, because it's not linear. It's not linear. It's, you know, it's a question of volume within the reactor, but, you know, it's above my pay grade. I'm not an engineer, so. And then the question is, do you believe the hardest engineering problems are behind HPQ with respect to the QRR? I believe that the hardest engineering issues will be behind us once we finish the, the, the continuous operation. Basically, we will have proven. This being said, I have no doubt that the guys at Pyro will figure out how to do this. And not that there's any big issue because it, you know, we, I believe the system will, will work as designed and we'll get the material done. With respect to the Gen 3, does HPQ currently have a means of transporting the material without contamination? And this is material, you know, so when you're sending out samples to potential customers, how do you transport it without contamination? Um, Good question, really actually. Difficult. It's not really difficult. You put it in a plastic bag and you send it. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, it's not like you put it in a plastic bag or something. Really? Exactly what you do. You be, All the materials are sent in basically big bag, like, you know, the material. You know, um, if we want to be really picky, we can try to do uh, what's known as a um, as a hot sample. So when when the material comes, we put you know the material to get it super super guaranteed to purity. But you know, at the center of the material, we have purity and we'll be small layers on top. So we 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 know that's it's knowing and giving into it. The issue is more with let's say with the quartz when you use a um. Or as long as you don't use like an iron material to break the damn thing to get the chunks, then you're okay. But you use ceramic, you use material. There's 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 ways to do this. It's it's, it's not a it's, well, not, it's not a big challenge. Most, I with. think the answer there is not a big challenge. That's oh no, yeah, that's the right answer. After most of the samples go out to the customers, is the idea to then use a QR to make the feedstock for nano for the nano nano silicon reactor? It's going to be the the well I I you know I'm going to continue on this the nano reactor is one of the feedstock we can we will use it for it'll be also used for the uh, silicon nitrate it'll be used you have to understand a nano silicon reactor is designed to do nano silicon size which is one size of the the battery industry that's looking at one but that one is much more at the R and D phase and I'm talking not us but I'm talking about the the battery guys the micron size is more of what's being used right now which is the one that people are seeking. So that we're looking more at finding a quicker way of turning that into commercial material. But we're we're studying the the market, see what's out there and see how we benchmark against it. And then and, and then we'll be able to to move forward. But that's not going to take that long to, to do. Once what we is the team at Novasium more excited about? Playing with the material that comes out of the QRR or the NSIR and why? Um I think it's going to be more coming out of the QRR because that's more the level of expertise. Um, you know, these guys have a massive amount of expertise at the at silicone purification, doing what it did, what the, there is. Uh, what they're really exciting is uh, how do we make good battery material out of this? Um, you know, so that, that's 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 one of the things that really exciting. And then the other one really exciting is going to be you know how can we take the QRR material and make it good material to generate hydrogen. So that really excites them too. Uh, common sense. 
is the next investor. Hey, Bernard George, the focus in press release nowadays seems to be mainly on the PureVap QRR. Does this mean that the focus at Pyro is also mainly on the QRR or is the attention also going to NSIR, the you know, nano silicon and fume silica? And you kind of touched on that earlier with the dedicated team. Yeah, um, I will I will say this. Okay, right now, the the level of attention is the QRR, fume silica, nano silicon. And I'll explain this for the very specific reason, is that the fume silica next year will have a pilot plant the size of the, Q or the Q3, okay? And I'm hoping to be in a position relatively soon to have um, samples being sent. As one of the big companies in the fume silica business, which also is interested in the battery size, told me, which was, was sort of very funny. I had a meeting or a virtual meeting with the, one of the top VPs in the fume silica industry. He says, you know, the battery stuff is make-believe. Fume silica is a real market. <laughs> That's literally, And the guy, that company, has a big section doing material for batteries. So that was that was like the internal competition between the two groups. Or so so um, <clears throat> now, don't people get like we we're working on battery stuff, but the fume silica can also become a very very big material. And because of the government financing and where it is, we'll have a second pilot plant like the QRR, um, hopefully starting next year. That's that's where the, the the timeline seems to be. And if that works, but we also should be in a position to 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 have some samples pretty soon produced. So. I'll issue an update on every one of the of the, the 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 business line that we're developing very very soon. The reason why I only talked about the QRR is I believe that this moment um, that's where everybody was focused. Yeah. And if I talked about something else until we start making silicone, um, it come up to, 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 for people to say, "Oh, you're just doing this because it's not working," which is not the case. Sometimes focus is uh, is is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. um, are there more or less three different teams at Pyro for the three different projects, or is it one team dividing their attention between the three projects? And again, you touched on that question earlier about they can walk and chew gum. Yeah, but yeah, but also you guys got to remember there, there's a, there's different there's a different TRL level of where your projects advance. Okay, so there's the first TRL when you think the technology and you do you know the first test of the Gen one and Gen two. That's that TRL. So that's the R&D brain of maniacs, okay? Then once you get to the pilot plant, you know, the, the guys, the, the, the TRL beginning of all those tests have sort of like moved over to the secondary team, which job is to basically build the machine, operate it, get it to work within the design of the first guys that come in. And then, and then we start the machine and then everybody starts to get involved. So there's multiple teams that come in and out and do everything else. That's why it was sort of like, unimaginable for hpq at the beginning to do it all alone because it requires no. so many depth of expertise at different level you'd be you would have pulled out your hair by now and you'd be oh we'd be dead you'd be you'd be a cannabis company oh yeah <laughs> and we probably would have tried the cannabis stuff maybe we would have uh, smoked it all of it common sense ends up with keep up the good work and ignore the frustrating unjustified declining share price the next climb, in my honest opinion, will be the sweeter for it. Uh, Octavia says, thank you for doing this. Uh, and again, we're going to start getting to some questions overlap, but I want to make sure everyone knows. Yeah, that's fine. And by the way, I want to thank everyone for submitting some amazing questions, taking the time, because uh, this is helpful for everybody. It's a, like almost like a group think here, which is great. Everyone's asking great questions. Everyone's getting great answers. That's fantastic. So I want to make sure everyone's kind of acknowledged that
Um, is HPQ strategy to involve a large partner uh, to accelerate their growth in business quickly or sell the IP rights for a good price? Uh, I think it'd be more the first one than the second one. Because selling the IP for a good price, there's a good chance that people might just park it. And I wouldn't like all that work we've done just to have the technology park because a competitor wants to pay a big price just to get rid of it. Um, and I think with all the end applications that there is for silicone, um, there'll be multiple opportunities to 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 basically piecemeal uh, multiple multiple reactors for multiple applications. You know, uh, you guys, you, you guys have to realize that the market for silicone is going to grow by a million metric ton, probably in, in the next few years. There's no capacity to do it. There's going to be the need for green shield project. Now, I've said this at the beginning, and I knew it sounded arrogant. Okay, what still probably sounds arrogant right now, but your choice is going to be to use an old process or use a QRR. Silicone, the other one, the one I can't pronounce correctly, demands are going through the roof. All the applications are going through the roof. Electronic, everything is going to need this material. Now you got all the ESG principles coming into it. Remember, four kilograms of, of CO2 produced per one kilogram of material. That's a big, that's a big thing. We think we we think we have a good a good way of dealing with that issue, but that's another subject for another day. But so there's all those needs, and feedstock is going to become an issue. Material is going to become an issue. Where do you locate this? The energy requirement for it. So think about this: our system being smaller, okay. Although we use the same amount of wattage of energy per ton, since we do less ton, we use less electricity. So we can find better place where we can situate ourselves. We have so many strategic advantage in a position where there's a need for this industrial material and then there's a need for a green process to do it. If you think about it, it's like, it's perfect timing. Yeah, timing couldn't be better. And you have and you have everything as a- as But a as Octavia said, or the one before said, you know, the, the, mar the market, right now the market doesn't respond to that, which is, which is okay because it will respond. What's the strategy to make the business big? So I'm going to interject my own language. What's the strategy to scale up the business without a lot of capital in a short amount of time? And I'm not even sure that's your strategy, but ultimately what is, because you and I have talked about this before in previous interviews, where I've said, Bernard, when the time comes when you're ready, how are we going to get the word out? What kind of marketing joint partner? You know, we're going to bring on salespeople and you've talked about going to conferences. So the question is, at us again, maybe you have more visibility now. What's a strategy to scale up the business? Okay. Now let's deal with one issue, one elephant in the room, which is, you know, how much is going to cost to scale up and build some. And I think we've already addressed this issue. Because we're not a mining company, we don't have the cost of developing the mine. It's going to be somebody else's issue. So we're just going to be developing the technology and making money out of it. So it's going to be an industrial project which means that we'll be able to, 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 to get in some good leverage into the building of it. Second of all, because it's smaller, you know, we're, we're not talking about massive capital amount to start this business to generate cash flow. We're talking about 40 to $50 million. If you compare that to, to, to another company that had a graphite project that ended up you know, having to be converted into a, um, a uh, anode manufacturing division, uh, that's $1.2 billion. 
So we're not the same scale. We have a much more, um, much more human size or right size growth strategy. Um, well, of course, you know, if there's more capital that comes in and, and people want us to speed up the delivery, we will we'll have no issues doing it because we're looking at copy and paste and make it grow. I don't know if that answers the question. Hey, that's that's the answer. Next next set of questions comes from 007. Oh, James Bond. Uh, James Bond themselves, himself. Hello, Bernard, longtime faithful shareholder. Recent press release stated, quote, during this phase, the system will produce high purity silicon material on a semi-continuous mode. And HPQ will be sending out samples to potential buyers, end quote. Question. Can you clarify you're referring to sending out samples during Gen 3, not Gen 4, and possibly to the major auto manufacturers that inquired previously? Okay, let's make it very, very clear. When I speak about sending samples becoming out of the Gen 3, it will be, you know, they'll be, we'll be dividing where we go with our sample material and how we, we use them. But from each process improvement test, we anticipate that we will have silicone materials into it. First of all, we'll get the purity done, and then we'll start working around those issues and start figuring out, you know, I've, I've already got a few multiple process looking at to how we can make the materials that um, battery manufacturers want, other other application ones. That's what we're going to be doing. Um, so it is going to start from, the, it's starting from the Gen 3. It's going to be starting relatively soon in the sense that we'll have the material then we'll convert because you have to remember for battery manufacturers they want a purity a certain size a certain distribution um <clears throat> but what we've what would Navasim has allowed me to do was to focus much more on what is being done presently commercially while with the nano reactor we're looking at what the future of the industry is going to be so you know this this is where it's playing uh we're playing the two sides of it. We're looking at the future and we're looking at the present. And then the last question is, on a lighter note, they say, many years ago, I had a spiritual epiphany that Pyro would be a massive company and that 3D powders would put Pyro on the map um, and that HPQ PureVap would be the next catalyst that can actually eclipse all of Pyro. I almost fell off my chair when recently the vice president of corporate affairs, Steve McCormick, stated at a conference in New York about HPQ powder process, quote, it's one of those things that could potentially uh, unerp, I think it's usurp, all other divisions. Uh, do you dream and believe that as much as I do? I do. I do. I, I don't think people realize how big for pyro and for HPQ this is going to be. Um, but just, just the four end making the material, the, the potential of, of that, in the silicone market is going to be massive. The battery size is going to be great. The, and there's so many other applications that, that, uh, we're, we're just touching the, the, the tip of the iceberg. Okay. Janisman brings up something that, uh, we now know the answer to. So Janisman and Matt Boy and Mag Beach uh, all ask about EBH2, but we now know that uh, EBH2 is done. Yeah, but people have to realize that EBH2 was one of those, you know, um, transaction that was too good not to do because it was 
it was very binary. It was either going to be we paid really nothing for something that's it's amazing, or we paid absolutely nothing for something that doesn't work, which is exactly what it came out to. Plus, it became the catalyst for us to, to be able to do our changes. We always wanted to go from a mining company to a technology company. But once we did the ABH2 transactions, the TSX that came in says, oh, you guys should do the transition now. So it was easier for us to go through the, the process as opposed to us going to see them and, you know, and, and those all those issues. So it's a plus, plus, plus. Um, the guys at Navasium, and I, it showed me personally uh, how amazing our technology team in France has with the with where we are at Axel One. You know, we had access to full laboratories. We had the equipment to dry out the hydrogen coming out of the system. Make sure we had the electronic, you know, exact scientific time. The first time we did it, which was more ad hoc, we were using less scientific approach to calculating the volume. At the end, it was it was very very precise, very 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 well done. So it. It shows that we picked it up a few notches with that. Mad Boy also added on there. Uh, first of all, he's got a question about the NSIR, but we've talked about you know samples and all that uh, sending to validation for customers. So you've talked about all that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other question that's a little more specific, and I'm not sure if you can answer this specifically, but when could we expect the auto manufacturer uh, to receive the material they requested? Okay, let me make this very, very clear. The auto manufacturer, when he contacted us, okay, knew full well we can do the damn stuff. Okay. It's just that they're so desperate for that material um, that they came and says, okay, we want to be first. So as soon as I can have that material, I will send it to them. Um, in the meantime, we are looking at different ways of making different materials because there's specific, different specifications. But, but it's the same discussion as you said with the other the big um the, the big material company okay uh, they approach me they sign the nda they're the one that came to me and i'm the one that's feeling bad because i'm you know i'm always behind schedule because it's the timeline of the r d and yet when you talk to them it says we really need what you're doing because nobody else is doing what you're doing is so you know please keep keep us in the loop and as soon as you have the material ready to go and i think that's the same thing that's happening everywhere else in in the industry you have to realize that we're not making silicone anode material we're making silicone material that other people will convert into a silicone anode material sure. and the issue what we will bring to every one of those players is consistency of quality consistency of cost consistency of, of issue which is what their end buyers is going to going to want they don't want a material where every batch has become different. And then if there is an issue, you've seen the issues with LG and the material for the, for the U.S. cars, how batteries, how those lithium batteries can become very flammable. So consistency of quality becomes very important. And this is where, this is a niche where we fit in. Okay. Um, just flipping through, I want to make sure I don't ask you because I don't double up the questions. So thanks, Mad Boy. Um, and Mag Beach's questions were EBH too, so we won't go there. Uh, Money Poet. Uh, and by the way, thanks to Mag Beach, thanks to Matt Boy, thanks for Janiman uh, for, for the question. Sorry, sorry, EB, EBH2 isn't there to talk about any longer, but that answers those questions. Money Poet. Hello, Monsieur Turion. Thanks for doing the Q&A. 
Your press release today that deferred Pyro Strategic Investment HPQ brought to mind HPQ's own investments in Bose Goldfields mm -hmm. and Quebec Silica Resources. I mm -hmm. like your strategy of spinning, spinning off legacy business to focus on your main business while retaining an equity stake in the legacy business, as you have with both of those. But does it create new homework for investors doing their due diligence because your balance sheet now is levered partially to these other entities? I don't really think so. Because it's, you know, it's it's an easy line to lead to, to research and value of investments and it's related to, to the moving up and down. Uh, we've been extremely lucky or good in those managing because we've done many of those transactions. Uh, I think our first one we did was with a graphite company. I think we generated, we bought for um, less than $100,000 to claim and we sold it for more than a million dollars. So that's been a very profitable uh, way for us to finance you know, some of the working capital required to, to, to get the project advanced. Um, our Bose Goldfield was sort of like a legacy project into it. And I think, you know, there, there's great potential there. Our QTZ is more a strategic investment going forward in the sense that there is a synergetic position between the two companies. They want to develop a quartz mine and, you know, we will eventually need quartz. And we know that their quartz should work with us just because of its location to to the courts we've already used. So that's very beneficial to, to, to the two companies that's going to be moving forward. If there's a, a other of those types of transactions, well, the third one we also made a lot of money was with, with Pyrogenesis. You know, we participated, we bought some shares at 19 cents and we generated some good returns into it. All right. So then the last question from them is, might we see more of this kind of activity in the future? I guess the obvious answer is probably when it's available, probably. Yeah, and, and 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 you know nothing nothing would would stop us. Let's say that you know the the nano reactor is is very interested to some group of batteries, and we we could spin that off in a different companies, or we get some some other type of situation. I'm not close to that idea. I'm not saying we're doing it now. I'm, I'm just saying I'm not close to it. There's going to be there's a difference between the two. Merci and Moneypot says merci, uh, and then in bracket le poète du fric. Not sure what that means, but just the translation of money. He just translated. Ah, in okay. Uh, Brodeur nine, and I think we're at the end here, my friend. So perfect time. We're coming in just under an hour, and we didn't even mean to do that. Um, I was doing some DD scattering, and I came across something that pleasantly surprised me. Extra technology seems to make an electric motor based on uh, SIC based inverters, silicon and C. I'm not sure what the C is. And it's sil sil silicon carbide. Silicon, okay, base inverse. I only know this about the company, uh, uh, about this company from the few hours today I did to look, I did uh, to read, but I found it very interesting to share with you, especially with the Q&A. So I want to bring up the information and maybe find out more if you're ever aware of this possible quite staggering market. If HPO, if HPQ uh, related to the electric motor in addition to the anode the alloy and others. So uh, is, is, is that XRO? I'm not sure if you're familiar with XRO because they provide some links. Well, I actually saw that post yesterday and did a bit of research. Um, right. and, and then somebody came up and answered. Although I'm not sure about the answer of the person. Silicon carbide does not need to be ultra pure, but maybe in that application it needs to. 
Okay, silicon carbide, just silicon and carbon into it, basically makes it into it. Now, for proprietary reason, I won't get too much into detail, but that could be a market that would be interested in, in us looking into it. And, and, and I think we, we, we could have ideas how, how to get in there, but at this moment, I won't get into too much into it. Right. Uh, but for that application, I don't know. But um, if you go back to our deal with Novasium, I, I don't know if we mentioned this. Yes, I think we do mention it. Uh, two, 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 two. Uh, yeah, there is in Novasium already a patent for uh, manufacturing carbon particles for supercapacitor batteries. We already we're already in our foot a bit in that area through Novasium, so that's already one of the technologies that that's there that that could become a use into it. You know, just point of interest. I'm not going to get too much in details, but it's multiple small graphene materials combined together that allows to to do that. So. I'll talk more. I'll talk more about it eventually. It's just at but this moment. Great, I, I just I was more focused on the QRR. Huh? Great find by Berdur Nine, and to bring that to the attention of everybody, and for you to yeah. say that you've looked into it and that there's something there. So that's, that's well, awesome. basically, silicon carbide has always been a market that interests me. It, it, it's an interesting market. It's a, it's a. I, I think it's a potential. It, it, it could be another great potential market where. We would also have a strategic advantage into it because you know we make our we make the silicone and, and, and you know, just figure a way to put the carbon into it. And Berdur Nine says thanks for taking the time and keep up the good work. And also adds, and I confirm George is more handsome than you are. So finally, uh, Mad Boy, even though uh, had questions earlier, uh, has this question, and I thought it was settled, but from what you said before we got on the call, uh, mm -hmm. it needs a little clarification. Has the classification from mining to tech company been completed yet, or is it still processing? If so, when can one expect to see the change? I don't. I don't know where people get that. I, I know. Actually, I do. I, I do get it, but I'll, I'll explain it why. Actually, if you go back to a July 15 press release, and you go back to the uh, TSX Venture Bulletin of September 19. Effective July 21st, we are a technology company. We're no longer a resource company. That's why I was allowed to sell my properties. So if I was still a mining company, I, I'm not into it. Now, we issued a press release. It was there. So, I, But I understand where the confusion comes along. It's because the TSX in their forever logic, okay, and the investment world in their forever logic like to put numbers behind what you do. So they have to plug you into something. Now, as weird as it is, the the table of numbers, okay, doesn't have silicone metal manufacturing technology companies doing the industry. It's even more bizarre. They consider technology companies only com companies that work with computers. So on the TSX, it says se sector activity, metals or mining and mining, okay, and or, okay. But we're metal, we're technology, and we're making, well, actually not even really making a metal because it's a semi-metal metallic material, but it do doesn't exist. <laughs> so basically, you know, they just said, okay, it's close enough. We'll stuff you into there. That's where it is. And But we are a technology company since July 21st. The bulletin has been issued by the TSX. So you have to understand, the TSX infoping is that one business, and the regulation side is a complete arm. There's a right. Chinese wall between the two. They couldn't like they've issued their their issue their bulletin for them it's done business deal is closed. The other side is and we you know when somebody raised the issue I said I, I sent an email to 
to the TSX. And they came back to me and says, well, that's about the only place where we, we can figure out where to fit you. So it's not us. It's just, it's just the difficulty of, you know, everybody has to be put into a certain algorithm number. Right. Another great question. Another great find. And I, I love that ends the Q&A. And I just love the level of detail the investors went into on this. And I want to thank everybody uh, for, for making it happen. Because without the great questions, uh, we just can't get the answer to Bernard. Bernard, last word to you, my friend. Uh, anything that we didn't cover and you quickly want to comment on or any last words to the shareholders? Um, you know... I'm excited. <laughs> I really am. Like it's, it, it, it's the key point is that we've been working very, very hard to get us here and we are here. Okay. And it shows the insanity of the market because when we were at our, at our maximum market capitalization, we didn't have a 10th of what we have right now, but that's just the market reality. So my message is to, to, to investors, I, I feel your pain. I understand your pain because I have a lot of shares. But the, 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 the micro environment in which we're in has never been as, as supportive of what we're doing. Okay, There's going to be trillions of dollars invested in green technology investment, and this is where we are. Silicone SI is one of the key ingredients, and we're coming to market with new technologies. And... In the coming weeks, we will have made our first material. So it's like it's we're at the end of the the the, the process. Now comes the other great part is like building up the companies and moving forward. But we've demonstrated we will have demonstrated, you know, big check mark. We've done it. The QR works. You know, the, the, the previous pressure was that. It's just, it's just we keep doing the check mark, reaching the goals. Okay. The market doesn't respond the same way right now i i i, un I understand that sorry about that that's right phone's ring um so um I, un I i understand that but as a company we've never been in a better position okay we have the funds to get us to the next stage we have interest from multiple and end user what we're doing and what we're doing is a niche application i just listened to because i sent some of my guys to a conference on silicone in in um iceland and i i read the report and i'm saying they're, they're sort of saying there's going to be a shortage of silicone china's not going to be able to meet the, the backup demand all right they might not be allowed to meet the backup. well that 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 also plays into just it just from so a government if you put all these things together and nobody's going to want to have an old freaking dirty plant next to them. So all the macro, the macro environments is there. Billions of dollars are going to be invested in green technology. There's billion dollars of green funds. Okay. And so we know the size of the market. We know, we'll know how much it costs us for us to make the material. It'll be an easier business case to present. I'm not like, I'm not struggling. The market is going to go up by a million metric ton. It's going to need, it needs green shield plan. It needs what we've done. So, you know, eventually the market will wake up to that reality. But right now, I don't think it's hundred percent. You know, I don't, I don't think what HPQ has done is relevant to what's going into our share prices. Hey, the most important thing is you keep growing the operation. You keep checking the boxes because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, 
to be a successful company, you've got to build a great business. And yep. uh, you guys keep checking the boxes. And I think uh, I think uh, I speak on behalf of a lot of shareholders who say we're just as excited as well. And uh, my famous saying, because I've been in the situation before where, you know, uh, you, you, you don't like where the share price is, but I said, hey, I'm not happy, but I'm not worried either. And I think that applies to HBQ. You know, maybe no, no one's happy, but I'm not worried either. I can't wait to see what's going to come out of HBQ in the next 30 days, three months, 12 months. And then, uh, and that's going to determine, that's going to determine the winner of the race at the end of the day. But Bernard, your voice made it, uh, your, your company's made it. And, uh, and I thank you so much, buddy, for, for coming on and talking to all the shareholders and doing this Q and A and can't wait to do the next one with you. Okay. Thanks. To everybody at home. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for submitting the questions. Hope you guys are happy. And if you got more <laughs> questions, keep posted to Agoracom because Bernard will be there. Uh, if you got more questions stemming from all this and, uh, that's usually how it happens. Can't wait to see all, all guys next time. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you soon. Hey guys, this podcast is over. But don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agoracom Small Cap Podcast.